Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human and it's really good to be with you today on Zoom and my guest is Shmuel Chantel from Israel and he is actually Israel's running tour guide and what he says is to do is to do. Welcome Shmuel, how are you? Shalom Sue, thank you very well and so happy to be with you. So happy to be with you too. Shmuel, you know, before we just start, I just need to say thank you to Busi and Craig and DJ for keeping us on air. And if you want to SMS us, you can at 34519 or you can WhatsApp us on 061-895-6019. Shmuel, I'm getting straight back to you with a question. What does it feel like being on air in South Africa? Truly special. Uh, a very big part of who I am in Israel is connected to South Africa. And Baruch Hashem, thank God, I've had the continuous privilege of being connected to South Africa by taking so many South Africans and exploring this beautiful land together. So it's beyond exciting and uh, it's quite, it's, I feel it's a, a divinely ordained special moment that I can really share my love of South Africa and my love of Israel together with you. So you are a chameleon. When you're in South Africa, you're, you become part of this land. And when you're in Israel, you are part of that land. And I can hear that very clearly in your blogs, which we'll talk about a bit later. What were you going to say? Most certainly. You know, I remember growing up in South Africa, my favorite part of the year would be to head out to the Bushveld, to the Kruger National Park. And really, I think that is where my spirit developed of a love of the outdoors. But even beyond that, I, I felt myself being connected to something beyond just the beauty that I was experiencing. Um, so over the years, this, this developing love of my inner spirit, enjoying beauty, uh, really, I think, fine-tuned in a, in a place in a land where I really could express my inner being. But never forgetting that my my love of spirituality, of nature, of a country that is, uh, you know, just bursting with beauty. South Africa is is really like a rainbow nation of beauty. So I carry that with me, but really, I suppose, put it into fruition, uh, making it home to Israel. What actually decided you to leave South Africa? Well, my, my parents are a big part of that story because from a young age, they always spoke of the desire and the love of Israel, the yearning to return to Israel. So, you know, it, it, it was the seeds were planted, but it took many years before I actually developed my own love and my own desire. And, you know, in brief, that happened after my schooling and after my nature conservation studies, when I worked in the Gamla Nature Reserve in the Golan Heights. That's when everything fell into place. 
And I, I kind of heard the words of my parents, um, you know, in my inner heart, which really then created that thirst for me to try and return myself. Great. We'll be back in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Shmuel, I'm back with you. And, you know, you mentioned just before we went uh, to, to an ad break that you had done a course in the Golan. Is that what I heard correctly? That uh, you, you did a course no, there that no. made you decide? No, this was in 1998 after finishing my nature conservation diploma in South Africa. Uh, I came to Israel on a volunteer program, which was in the Gamla Nature Reserve in the Golan Heights. Oh. And, yeah, what that was is uh, the largest breeding herd, breeding uh, flocks of griffin vultures. They had a project to uh, to get people in to assist with the conservation efforts. So I was part of that for a few months, and that really was my own um, first experience of Israel you know, without being with family and uh, having time to really explore it. And did you have to, once you made Aliyah, did you have to go into the army? So I made Aliyah only in 2005 uh, at 28 years young. So I had missed that cut. Um, But, you know, surprisingly, in my early 20s and coming in and out of Israel, it never really, the opportunity never arised or no one even put the, a question in my mind to have the possibility to serve in the army. So by the time I came, it, you know, it really even wasn't a possibility for me. And, you know, you have regrets in life, but I, I do feel with what I do, it's kind of my service for the state. And in my own way, I can defend what the state of Israel stands for. Um, however, I would love to have had that opportunity. Well, I must admit that I think there are many ways that you can serve your country. And in your blogs, it's very definitely you show that a soul speaks to the soul across barriers. And that I loved. And um, we will be playing a, a, a very short blog of yours later. Um, I just wanted to tell you that my daughter-in-law, Leanne, sent this in. She says, when planning my daughter's buddy trip to Israel, advice from so many friends was that you have to make sure that you get Shmuel Chantel as your tour guide in Jerusalem. And that, I must admit, is the very first thing I was told to book. I revolved my entire itinerary around Shmuel uh, when he had a free day. And it wasn't easy as he was so full, but was so happy we managed to get him. One day out of our whole three-week trip. We did a full day Jerusalem Old City tour and totally exceeded my expectations. We did so many amazing things in Israel, but Shmuel's tour was definitely one of my highlights. A full day tour with him is like no other and understand, I would, I really recommend him to everybody. And then this came from my son Mark because apparently you and he have a very similar sense of humor according to my grandchildren. He says, Shmuel took us on a tour through Jerusalem. He was one of the best guides I've ever had. His knowledge was incredible. He was great fun and was amazing with the kids. Tremendous patience and encouraged as many questions as possible. What a lovely and worthwhile experience. And then my grandchildren sent uh, messages in which I'll read a little bit later to you. Are you sure that was 
<laughs> what? Are you sure that was me? <laughs> I see that your name is written on the top. Yes, it was definitely you. Thank you so much. Just tell me, when you first made Aliyah, you were married, is that right? Correct, yes. I um, I moved here three months after getting married in December of 2005. A big move. It was a big move, yeah. Um, it was a move also of faith because, you know, nothing was prepared. I had no job in line. My Hebrew was very simple, but like I said, I had that burning desire to come. And uh, that brought, you know, brought me to Jerusalem, spent the first year in Jerusalem, uh, had time to study at a yeshiva at Asia Torah in the old city. And I remember many days after just roaming the alleys, seeing the sites, uh, started to learn Jewish history, and it was a burning desire, like I said. And it just uh, moved on from there. And soon after, settled in Modi Inn, which is uh, my hometown now, and a place that's just uh, the best place to settle as an ole, as someone that has made Aliyah, that has returned to Israel. It's a soft, beautiful landing in a modern city surrounded by the beautiful rolling hills of Judea. And, well, unfortunately, uh, your first marriage did not work out, did it? Correct. I was married to Talia for six years, but it was a very amicable separation because, you know, we both knew that we needed the courage to come together. And, you know, the, from the minute of me meeting Talia, we spoke about coming to Israel. Uh, we started doing an ulpan. Uh, we started attending Or Samer. We started going to the Sunny Road Shul. We started learning with the community. And it really, you know, without that, that, support and encouragement, we probably wouldn't have made the move. And arriving in Israel, spending five months in an absorption center, um, our first daughter born in Jerusalem uh, within the year of our Aliyah and settling in Modi'en, it, uh, it really brought us to where we are. Even though it led to a separation, it, uh, it rooted us, and it's uh, something we're both very grateful for. So you were meant to travel that time together. That, yeah, that's the way I see. That's the way, and and the the blessing of uh, bringing Naima into this world, and uh, you know having that true privilege of of settling, and uh, you know have, having the ability to give uh, birth to a child in Israel was something that uh, you know is inexplicable. It's just beyond words. Beyond uh, words. I'm sure it must be. Now, then you, you met, uh, um, you, uh, I actually wanted to ask you about your Hebrew because you speak Hebrew fluently. Did you learn before you left here or did you learn once you were over there in the absorption center? So, you know, going to school in South Africa at Carmel, I had uh, Hebrew throughout my schooling. Um, but what happened after my first visit to Israel to Gamla to the Golan, I attended a kibbutz. Uh, I spent a few months on Kibbutz Ma'avarot, and then I returned to Israel to do an ulpan before making Aliyah on Kibbutz Ma'agan Michael. Uh, so, you know, the foundation was there, but when you look here and you read the signs and you hear Hebrew and you mix in different circles, it, uh, it eventually sinks in. I've still got a long way to go, but, uh, it, in, this is why I was saying Modi Inn is a city which is a soft landing. There are so many Anglo families 
you know, every day you can get by without even needing to speak Hebrew. But uh, over time, you know, I've got to a level where I feel comfortable and able to express myself and, you know, there's no issue with understanding. Great. We'll be back with you in a minute. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Shmuel Chantel, and we are talking about uh, um, Shmuel is the running Israel's running tour guide, and we are talking about his move to Israel and what it meant to him. Um, Shmuel, you then remarried. Your wife's names are. Um, Aurea, and uh, just tell me a bit about how you met her, will you? Sure. Um, it's, it's a long story, but a beautiful story. Um, but in brief, a year and a half after I, I got divorced, I was introduced, well, a friend of uh, Aurea's came up to me and said, would you like to meet, meet a friend of mine? And I said, yeah, that'll be great. And she mentioned that Aurea was still living in South Africa. And Aurea had also been through a divorce and had a son, um, a ten of four years old. And, you know, there are so many things that happened along the way, which really put me into this move of faith. Um, and, you know, after another year of not uh, contacting Aurea, another common friend of hers um, mentioned that I should meet her. And, you know, this is where really, for me, things fell into place because it was as if I was in a process of meeting my soulmate. And when we started to uh, communicate, it actually was a communication just on Facebook, on Facebook Messenger, which developed into emails and really a sharing on a deep level for both of us as to, you know, what we had been, what we had been through. And after about three months of emailing each other, we eventually met in Israel, and it was a homecoming experience. And 10 days later, in Jerusalem, I asked her to marry me. And this was still still at a time when she was living in South Africa, and uh, it it really was that step of faith. But a beautiful, wonderful return for Aurea to come to Israel and for us to start our family together in Wadi Inn. And it really also rooted me in my in my vocation and what I was doing with my guiding, it became very much a part of my story. So, uh, Aurea is very much a part of the success of what I've achieved in the last seven and, years of our marriage. And do you have children together, the two of you? Yes, we have two beautiful girls. We have Livia, who's turning five next week, and Kaya, who is three years old. So you've got four children all together. Yeah, Naama, my firstborn, who will be turning 14. Matan, my stepson, wow. is 12 and having his vomits for next year. Ah. And Lydia and Kaya, so four together. Ah, oh, absolutely wonderful. Um, sure. Uh, I just wanted to also know what made you decide to become a, a running guide? Did this happen because of Corona or had it happened before? No, well, my, my love of running really started at a young age in South Africa and which led me to do many marathons and ultra marathons and eventually the Comrades Marathon. And when coming to Israel, I continued my running, but when it was probably mid, mid year last year in 2019 that I had the opportunity to do some running tours uh, in Jerusalem and 
that's when I, f- I felt, wow, to combine the love of Israel and the love of running, this is something that I'd like to pursue. But this being a, lo- a long time before Corona, I think it, again, planted the seeds for this idea, which only developed in March of this year. Um, and it's been the most fascinating few months of having the time to explore this avenue and also to feel that it's, it's a wonderful new opportunity and a potential that Israel can offer quite easily. It's a small country, a rich history, so many sites that are easily accessible through running. And, uh, it's, it's just too special to be able to have that firstly, the physical ability to do it. But uh, with the hope that this could develop into some sort of a, a new tourist product, which can reach out to many people in, in a different way of experiencing and exploring Israel. Well, I would certainly hope so, because I actually, I can assure you, I don't run. But I got excited watching them. Uh, your mom, who is my, a mentor of mine and uh, a very good friend, a mentor of local therapy. And listening to you, I can definitely hear that you are her son because of your <laughs> own. And, um, and your, and, uh, Shmuel's mom is Dr. Terea, uh, Chantel, who ran the, runs the logotherapy department here, lives in Israel as well. She was my mentor, my teacher in logotherapy and is a very dear friend of mine. But, you know, she has, she has sent me a few of your, your blogs. And I started getting really excited. The Arugot Farm, yes. the one yes. that you went on. I thought, oh, my word. Now, I'm certainly not going to run there, but I think I would like to visit there. And then I picked up one on a very beautiful one that you did. And it said, just let me run it. Can, I mean, read it. Can running bridge the gap towards peace? And I actually went on this run with you <laughs> on uh, uh, on um, YouTube, and it was so fantastic. Tell me a bit about that. Yes, I see that was the end of last year before Corona, and like I mentioned, this is when this idea really developed for me. And I remember being on a tour where we were taking a group to Bethlehem, and I had about a half an hour to do something. So I thought, wow, here's the perfect opportunity. I can run it in, in an environment where I never have before. And in Bethlehem. I, in, yeah, in, in Bethlehem, on the outskirts of Bethlehem, and ran through the village and experienced the most incredible warmth. Um, I did, I did get a lot of people telling me that wasn't the safest place to run, but I was very open and very myself. And it was, it really did feel that there is this opportunity to explore areas that haven't or that most people don't see. And, you know, when you spoke about the Arugot Farm, which is in the territories of Judea, um, and also the area where I was running, that's really where you do feel the potential, the potential of a place that that, that needs to be explored, that needs to be shared, and it, it's the possibility to bridge, to bridge those gaps. And I really feel at this stage where I am that that, that is where I'm being led to to explore and to share the beauty of Israel in areas where most tourists do not get to. So, Well, I found it very moving because you stopped and you spoke to some men who were on a construction site to, of a, what looked like a beautiful hotel, and you said it was going to have magnificent views. 
that was um, in um, Al Khadir, I think, wasn't it, in Bethlehem? And and um, and then you ran a bit further, and you were offered coffee, and you had coffee with them. So you were actually welcomed, and you chatted. And then you came across an elderly uh, man who had uh, uh, an instrument, a musical instrument, and you stopped to talk to him, and he said to you. You are my brother, and you said yes from another mother. <laughs> and it was such a lovely, easy meeting that you had with these people. That to me, it brought in a sense that it is possible. Truly, peace can be possible. What do you think? Most certainly. And, you know, strangely enough, his name was Ibrahim, Abraham. And, wow. you know, he, he, he welcomed me with full open arms as if, you know, all the four doors of his tent were open to, to let me into his life. And he shared a little bit with me. And, you know, then I thought about the fact that I'm meeting Ibrahim on Derech Avot, the way of the forefathers, through Bethlehem on route to Jerusalem. And, you know, it's like a full circle of, of history. And I've always felt this and shared this with my groups, that history is destiny. If we can figure out that our roots are the same, We've come from the same place, but if we haven't learned from the mistakes we've made, how are we going to move forward? So it was that wonderful kind of kiss from above. Kiss from above. Hashem gave me the, the opportunity, unplanned, to experience something like that, which probably has led me to do what I'm doing now, because that that is sometimes we we need to take ourselves beyond and believe that every moment we have and every step that we run we have this opportunity to be a blessing. And if others can feel that, if others can see it, if others can experience it, there is no question in my mind that will, that will be the hope, the land of hope to be open um, and, uh, and, and use history as that sense of destiny. We, we need to know where we're going. I also like, I love what you're saying, but what I also like that you were talking about walls of division. And then you came to an area and you said you were looking over the Kotel and the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, whatever you want to talk about, uh, call it. And you said this wall has seen many other walls fall. And yes. I thought, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that's very prophetic. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that a wonderful dream to think that, Absolutely. you know, we have that wall that has seen the fall of other walls and there's no question that these walls will come down, but it comes with a commitment of loving who you are, what you represent, where you've come from, and not to be ashamed to connect with that in a very real way, because that's what the world is thirsty for, for a committed and strong connection to something that should be and is important for your future, and uh, it's destined. It's, uh, it's as simple as saying that, the land of Israel is a land that is set apart and there is a people there required to bring out the potential, but it is a place that is a, a house for all nations. It says it in the book of Isaiah, the prophet that lived during the first temple times when they were building walls. You know, Hezekiah, the king at that stage, was building broad walls and walls that did not protect protect Jerusalem in the end. But the message is that it, the, the land that is set apart for a higher purpose, is actually set apart, not only for us, it's, it's fully inclusive. It's a land of promise set apart for a global purpose of unity and inclusiveness 
And the temple will be a house, a house that will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So that little experience with Bethlehem made it very real for me that personally I feel that I have that um, potential to do it through running, but also to do it with open arms and love, but with strong commitment, not forgetting where where we've come from. And if anyone would like to actually see some of uh, Shmuel's blogs, please uh, go on to Shmuel um, uh, Chantel, and you'll see some of his blogs there on YouTube. And this one is called Can Running Bridge the Gap Towards Peace? And I really would suggest that anyone who can and anyone who's interested in Israel and seeing the beauty, you talk about the olive groves and the dripping of oil and the light. And it was just so beautiful. I loved it. I I definitely ran with you through that. Um, Now, I just wanted to tell you what my granddaughter, Geordie, said about you. Shmuel got along with my sister and I very well, and he explained things to us on our level. There was never, ever a boring moment with him. He answered every single question that we asked, and he even never got irritated with my sister who asked so many questions. Now, this is the answer to her her sister answers. This is Jamie. Last year for my bat mitzvah, I traveled to Israel. And one of my highlights was the Jerusalem tour that we went on with our guide, Shmuel Chantel. He did the most unbelievable job, and I will never forget this amazing experience we shared. One of the things that I really loved about Shmuel was his patience, his kindness, and his knowledge. I am very talkative, and I love asking a lot of questions, but he always explained it and made it so much fun and meaningful. I will always remember and cherish this tour. Wow. That's you, Sue. Thank you. You're lifting my spirit. I just wanted to just give you some personal uh, feedback that I myself from my own family. Um, Now, I just, there were a few things that I also wanted to ask you. Tell me about the difficulties now during coronavirus. How are you as a tour guide managing? Yeah, look, the uh, the challenge was very real, you know, realizing quite soon that the tourist industry would come to an abrupt end. Um, personally, that was concerning. Um, on that level, my response to it was, wow, now here is an opportunity to be able to do the things that I may never have been able to do. So as a family, it was the most special time because we did take the, you know, we reminded ourselves, we're not going to have this again. We were together as a family. We spent time with the children. Uh, we had this activity of doing exercise in the morning. Then we had the routine of doing a little bit of drawing. Of some of the elder kids had to do their homework. So that developed into being a very happy time and trying to encourage the children through this difficult time that that's the response. The response is to look inward and to be together. So, you know, Sue, it's kind of weird for me to think of, the last few months, I mean, it's been so challenging for so many people, but it put me back into that period of having to react in faith. And, you know, I didn't get across exactly how my meeting, Oreo, was that exact experience for me, where the uncertainty of where I was going was very real. But it, it forced me to take that step of faith, which made it the most special time. If I think back of the year before my marriage, it was the most incredible year that I've had. 
and it developed the steps that I took for the next few years. Now I've, I'm finding myself in that very same position, uh, but this time not alone, together with my wife, Aurea, who is really the most phenomenal support. I want to say this publicly, and I hope she's listening, that, you know, for me to be able to do what I'm doing as a running tour guide takes a lot of time. It takes me having to be out early in the morning. It has, you know, I can sometimes come home and I'm not so patient. I'm a little bit tired. Um, and putting the videos together, but it's been absolute fun. I feel like I'm a kid again. And uh, I always remember my mother saying to me as a young kid, I would come home from school and I'd say, Ma, school is a waste of my playtime. No, this doesn't make sense. And I was always searching for that fun. And uh, that's what this has been. Corona is the most challenging time for me as a tour guide. I mean, there's just absolutely nothing. And I'm thinking of all of my friends who have to kind of figure out the box and even do gardening or washing windows or doing, uh, you know, alterations in home that we all have to think creatively. But for me, I, I want to develop this concept of remaining in tourism. I strongly believe that tourism is going to boom beyond this. You know, we're a nation that, you know, absorbs people and absorbs pilgrims. And uh, just this morning I was reading that, you know, it was in last week's parasha that the eyes of the God Almighty are continually upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And another prophet, Isaiah, says that the wealth of the nations will return to Israel and you'll be glad. Your your face will, will be shining and you'll be rejoicing. So through these times, how creative Israel is, and I'm sure in South Africa, you guys are sticking together as a community and supporting each other. Uh, you know, this is what we stand for. And I'm hoping, uh, actually not hoping, I'm, I'm looking forward to this opportunity where we can all burst out of this very challenging time, but to be more ourselves and to look back as, as to what we've achieved during these times. So Corona, Corona has been and is one of the biggest blessings of our time, if we can see it, that there's, uh, there's uh, like my mother teaches you in the logotherapy, there is no suffering without meaning. And if you have the why, you'll find the way. And we're Absolutely. finding the way. And uh, it's just and wonderful. And you'll find the meaning and the purpose. We'll yeah. be back with you in a minute. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm with uh, Shmuel Chantel. And we've got a, a short YouTube of Shmuel's and it's, it's called Sight Run for My Mates in Quarantine. And it's the Ben Shemin Forest Run. Thank you, Craig. The fragrance of the forest, the tickle of the drizzle as it drips from the heavens. I'm practicing my attitude of gratitude for those in Bidud that can't do, I'll enjoy for you. And uh, oh, look at this, love this, my favorite flower. This is the Lotem, Lotem Milvani. Look at those drips of drizzle giving life. And if you focus in, everywhere you look, precious life. Yes, so as long as we can do this, we shall do this, but really, it's that attitude of gratitude, you take it for granted, 
you can't just always have what you want but you can always do what you need the heavens open the skies give forth life-giving drops as they bounce off your body and we appreciate every step when we're not in Bidud soon we all will be temporarily but while we're not we do what we do and we say thank you often we take for granted just to go out and have a run it's not so simple these days but we'll do it love you just listen to that Mom don't get it and your dad don't get it Uncle John don't get it And you can't tell Grandma cause her heart you can't suppose. take it And she might not make it The soft kiss of the sun, the whiff of the wheat, vitamin D pouring into your body. There ain't no corona here. It's clean and it's cool. But this one's for you. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm back with Shmuel Chantel. And we're actually smiling at each other on the screen here because uh, of listening to that. I loved it. And your songs, by the way, at the end, I love the end of the world. And the other one I don't know about, your grandma and grandma might not be here. What's, what, what yeah, was I, I, I was listening to that song on the way home and I thought, wow, that, that's really what it is. You know, not to worry. Even we have our elderly that are in Vidur and we're all concerned for them. Everything will work out in the end. So I just uh, put it together. But I remember that there was a really fun one because it was the beginning of Corona and I had a few friends that were already in isolation. And I just thought, yeah. So I just felt yeah. that that was my, my way that I could comfort them. And they were all runners and how, how they enjoy getting out there and being in the forest. So I did that specifically for them. Uh, that's fantastic. And then I see that you also did a fundraising uh, for the IDF widows and orphans. And uh, just tell me a bit about that. That was um, for the um, uh, Israel 70 second year of independence. Yes, uh, yes. I, I contacted a friend of mine, Avigdor Book, who I've run comrades with. And I knew that he would be interested. So I said, listen, what, what about running 72 years? For 72 celebration of uh, Israel's independence. And 72 kilometers. 72 kilometers. And uh, he said, of course, let's do it. And I asked him, do you know of any organization that we can raise money for? And he said, yes, this is the perfect one. So we followed up and we did it and we chose a hill in Modi'in called Titora, which is an archaeological tell. And it overlooks the city 
and it has a beautiful circular course on the peak. And there we arrived early in the morning and it felt, it felt like we were really making a statement, celebrating Israel in the midst of Corona and, you know, doing it with, with love and with uh, excitement and a bit of you know, craziness but really connecting with uh, the most important thing in terms of realizing where we were, what we were doing, what we stand for. And that, uh, that gave us the encouragement and thank God also the opportunity to raise some funds. And uh, yeah, we'd like to do many of that, many of those. Uh, well, it's, it sounds fantastic because um, I mean, this really celebrates Israel's absolute miracle. And because that Givat Tatora, that strategic hill that you mentioned there, was captured by the IDF in the 1948 War of Independence. Correct, so it yeah. was very historical, this whole run. That's Wonderful. Yes. Very much connected to the independence battles. It was actually called the Dani, Dani operation. And uh, it gave us the security of having Modi'in on the 1949 armistice line, but strategically connected to, uh, you know, the story of the Maccabees. So, yeah, it was a blessing to be able to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about nature. In, in that YouTube, you could hear the sounds of nature, and you were speaking about this time, using this time of coronavirus and of isolation. And my a friend of mine, Jenny, sent me this poem and it's actually a meditation, and it says, this is the time to be slow. Lie low to the wall until the bitter weather passes. Try as best you can not to let the wire brush of doubt scrape from your heart all sense of yourself and your hesitant light. If you remain generous, time will come good, and you will find your feet again on fresh pastures of promise, where the air will be kind and blushed with beginning. This was by John O'Donoghue uh, from a book called To Bless the Space Between Us. And I loved that. I thought it was very much uh, in part of, of what you're experiencing. And then I saw also that uh, you were celebrating sort of coming out of isolation a bit by you. There you were pitching a tent in the Negev. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, that was our first family outing, and uh, the only option we had was to go to a place that wouldn't be too public. So we found the most isolated uh, stream. It's a dry riverbed, actually, next to the Dead Sea. And there we pitched the tent with absolutely no facilities, no lights. It was a dark night, but uh, all of our children together in a tent, we, we just had them the best time and you know you can imagine being in isolation for a few months in particularly small apartment we live in an apartment that's 135 square meters uh, just to break free and head to the desert was super fun and uh, I'm you know, sure. it's uh, it's something that I've experienced with many of my South African families traveling down to Midbar Yehuda driving driving along the shores of the Dead Sea you do feel that vast expanse of openness which is, of course, reminding me of uh, South Africa and the big blue skies and the open areas. It's uh, it's something we can easily experience from a 45-minute drive from Modi'in. You find yourself Beautiful. in the of the day. Beautiful. We'll get back to you in a minute. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
Hello, this is uh, Sue Jackson, and I'm back with uh, Shmuel Chantel, Israel's running tour guide. And I'm smiling because I've just got this message from Judy Erwig in Australia, and she says, Shmuel is a delight. He makes running sound tempting, and she laughs after that. His enthusiasm and positive attitude warms my heart, even without running. Thanks, Shmuel and Sue. Thank you, Jude. That's great to hear. Um, Well, we're going to actually be wrapping up soon. So I want to know from you, how can people get hold of you? And if they want to find out more about your running tours, about your different tours around Israel, once the skies open, uh, or even people in Israel, because we have a lot of listeners listening in from Israel, if anyone would like to contact you because they want to experience some of what you you are experiencing, how can they get hold of you? Thank you, Sue. Yeah, for the, the easiest way, firstly, just to get a little bit uh, of information about me and what I do, you can just simply visit my YouTube channel by putting my name or put the running tour guide, which will take you to my channel. Uh, or alternatively, on Facebook, you can also just search the running tour guide. And or my name, Shmuel Chantal, S-H-M-U-E-L-S-H-A-N-T-A-L-L, and you'll be able to contact me through those mediums. Great. And I'm getting a message to wrap up. Uh, Craig's just sent me a message to say I must stop wrapping up. Um, Shmuel, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the program. Once the, you are out, we're all out of coronavirus and Israel has settled down, now skies are open. I would like to hear from you again and have you back with me. Um, what I have got to end the program is Cliff Richards' summer holiday. And let us all just stay safe. And please, God, we'll all meet soon in Israel in a happy space. Do you want Thank to end you. with something? Thank you, Sue. Just want to thank you for the opportunity and really want to send my special wishes to every South African family that I've had contact with. You've made me who I am. Without you, I wouldn't be the person that I am. And I miss you all. I love you all. And I cannot wait to somehow connect, be it in South Africa, be it in Israel, but we're waiting for you here. So come on over. Shalom ulehitraot. I think what you have to add to to your uh, your actual headline of, of tour guide, Israel's running tour guide, is an logotherapist because you are definitely a natural. So put that on with it. Please ask your mom. Craig's Thank telling you. us to wrap up. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DJ. Thank and you, God Craig. bless. Bye.